0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Gio Mateo. Today, I've got Louise on the podcast. She's a good friend of mine. I'll introduce her later on. But before I do that, I just want to apologize for this episode because it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. I tried using a new software that would try and block out background noise, instead it created a very choppy audio and would create these pockets of silence in between what we would talk about and just completely drop the audio. It really didn't sound good. I tried to fix it in post-production and the best I could do was to remove those silences and. Basically, you're, what you're going to hear is what feels like a very rushed conversation where we just keep talking. Hopefully, it's not too bad. I'll try it again next time without the software. And you know, I'm 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 still testing this out. I'm still experimenting. So I apologize for the audio quality this time. You can catch my podcast on all of the different platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Play spotify i'd love for you to rate it subscribe hopefully you'll listen in to other podcasts in the future and i'd love to hear your feedback message me tell me what i can do better tell me how i've been doing as a podcast host Uh, this podcast doesn't exist without you i just want you to Have fun with this and learn a little bit about my friends' stories and where they come from and what we're interested in. Everybody's got their own stories, everybody's got their own interests, and I just want to highlight that. I want them to bring that passion and their stories to life on this podcast, and that's what we're all about. So I'd love for you to hear this podcast in the future. So, without further ado, here's the podcast. Hey everyone, it's Angelo. You're listening to the Stories Podcast. I'm joined today by my friend Luis. I knew her in high school. We actually didn't go to the same high school. Then we went to U of T together. We went to Trinity together, and we've just remained friends, uh, especially Raptors friends. So that's (laughs) definitely what I want to talk about. you want to say hi? What's good? So before we start, um, well, first of all, we're at Starbucks, and hopefully the, the mic can listen to us, and it's, It's a little loud but we'll hopefully this works out. But before we start I kind of want to start with a land acknowledgement that um, the land that we're on is indigenous territory. The Anishinaabe uh, lived here, the Haudenosaunee uh, the Huron-Wendat and the Mississauga of the Credit Rivers, along with many other Indigenous nations that have passed by and have lived on this land, we're happy that we are here, that they have shared their land with us. And we need to do better to for them, to be better for them, because many First Nations are still struggling with societal problems. And look in the news and look at um, the water crisis and Adawapak. Uh, Attawapiskat, um, hopefully I got that right. Um, but, you know, we all have to do something to, um... To help achieve reconciliation and better our relationship with Indigenous people. So, Luis, what do you believe our role is to play in in reconciliation?
1: So, um, it's actually very interesting that you asked that. A month ago, I believe, at my workplace, we actually had had, um, Indigenous Peoples Week um, awareness. And I actually got chosen, or volunteered, to do a blanket exercise. With um, a couple of my coworkers. I don't know if you know about what a blanket exercise is. Have you ever heard of it? No. No? Can you explain that? Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting. So we had. um, um, so we had one of them come in. She she runs blanket exercises all over um, the country, I believe, or I, I'm pretty sure. And what they do is they t- basically tell the whole story from the beginning um, using blankets. So, and so they have a stand all on these blankets and they're supposed to be representing like the lands that all the Aboriginal Indigenous people live on. And as the story goes on, as they're telling the history of all these treaties that were made and how they were kicked off of their land, how all the... Um, Residential schools were put into place. These blankets just got smaller and smaller and taken away and people died I was literally on a blanket for maybe like two minutes and then they're like, yeah, you contracted a disease and you died Yeah, and that was like a super emotional experience because literally five minutes into the exercise half the people were gone They were either dead from disease or they were murdered or something Um, and so what that kind of taught me, like when, you know, at the end of it, we were all, it was all really super emotional. There were about like 30 people or so. And we were sharing like our experiences, something that we took away. And I remember what I said, um, I looked at them and I was like, you know, the one thing that we constantly fail to do is just to acknowledge other people as human beings.
0: Right, exactly. And
1: especially indigenous people, we don't see them as human beings. Um, a lot of it is like looking at them as a, as a nuisance. Taking, You know, they were gracious enough to let us onto their land and then we do. <laughs> you know, kick them out, kill them. Um, And it's, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat that at all because that's the honest truth. And I think part of our responsibility is to, you know, make ourselves aware of that history. So many people didn't know when we were talking about it at work. A lot of people were saying, oh, I didn't know. This wasn't in our history textbooks. We didn't talk about this in school. And it was all super emotional for them to have, like, your your land, your heritage basically taken away from you. Um, And so... I think part of our responsibility is to make sure that we educate ourselves because I think with any kind of um, any kind of social issue what we're lacking in is education and awareness that's the first thing that we should be responsible for we can't just go out there and start fighting for something that we don't know anything about right Um, and then also constantly recognizing each other as human beings and treating each other with that respect because um, it's so easy to forget, you know, that people are human. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all people, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what. <sighs> yeah.
0: I mean, you know, in this country, there mm-hmm. are issues with indigenous peoples having basic human rights, right? Oh, yeah. You know, um, the things that we take for granted, mm-hmm. um, especially water, right? Mm-hmm. And water really is life. um how much water we use in in the day for our coffee for washing our food Mm -hmm. um to take a shower Mm -hmm. you know uh to drink water uh keep ourselves hydrated and there are indigenous nations that just don't have that basic human right you know um so i think you're right that there is definitely a need for us to I think on the, even just the basic level, just to... Just to
1: know. Yeah. Because no one knows the history, like nobody yeah. knows the full story, and you know, it's just, if you can somehow find a way to participate in the blanket exercise, I would totally recommend it, because you get the story straight from the source, you get their entire history, um, you get the personal connection, and you know that'll give you a real sense of what exactly they went through. So,
0: I'm really excited to have you on, because um, of your fandom of the Raptors. Um, you know... Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Raptors. <laughs> You're a huge fan of the Raptors. Yeah. Um, we've been in your basement to like watch basketball games, to watch all-star games, to watch, uh, I remember, Spurs versus Miami Heat. Um, one finals? of those finals. The
1: last one before yeah, <laughs> yeah. you left for Cleveland. The
0: one where Kawhi won his first finals MVP.
1: The one where Kawhi ended a dynasty.
0: Yep, yeah, the, the, uh, the first dynasty that he killed. Yeah. Um, and then obviously this year, the second dynasty that he killed. Oh,
1: yeah. um, but
0: I remember that game. And then we've watched like quite a few Raptors games as well, mm-hmm. I
1: think. Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm really excited to talk about that. Um, but first, I think we need to talk about... An and I, I need to ask you the question. You yeah. know, what is your story? And you know, you don't have to share anything that you don't feel comfortable sharing. Um, this is really up to you to to share what you want to share. What your story is, your yeah. childhood, uh, high school, university, your current job. You know, whatever you want to share. So, mm-hmm. what is your story?
1: Well, I was born in the Philippines. Um, I was born in Bacolod city. That's where my mom is from. My dad is half an hour away. He was born in Salai. Um, so I was born there, but like right, like when I turned one or even before I turned one, my parents moved to Indonesia, to Jakarta and I grew up there until I was 10. Um, So while I was in Jakarta, I went to like Montessori school, I went to a British international school aka BIS. So I was there for three years Um, and that was like a very interesting experience because it was such a huge school and obviously the the way people spoke there was really different. It was my first time encountering people who were British Yeah. Australian. We had a lot of Australians. Um, you know, Filipinos were like the minority in that school. Um, so when I moved to Canada, it was so funny walking into like my first class in grade six and then just being like, "There's a lot of Filipinos here. I've never been around this many Filipinos when I'm not in the Philippines." <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: So how old were you when you moved from the Philippines to Jakarta?
1: I I was less than one. So like I was just a baby. Okay. I grew up in I grew, grew up in Jakarta and it's completely different there than it is here, obviously, um, like just, I mean, like you, would you know, you, compared to here, like you really need a car to get around, you know, right. it takes like, a, the traffic's terrible, it takes an hour to get everywhere, pretty sure anyone who lives in Manila or whatever can relate to traffic.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In the
1: Philippines, it's like, it's, Kind very similar in Indonesia. Um, We were very lucky. Like you know, all of our close friends in in Indonesia were Filipinos. So even then, we were still around. Like you know, all our family friends. There was like a group of them, all from like our parents' church group.
0: Have a good one.
1: Shout out to Genesis. (laughs) That's what it was called. And so all our family friends. You know, we would all hang out and stuff like that. Um, And we would go on trips. But we were very lucky that we were kind of in like this upper class of Indonesians of of Indonesian citizens um, because we all had like really nice houses Um, our parents had really good jobs there and then they decided to move to Canada for me for my future so that I could go to a better school.
0: And how old were you when you moved to Canada?
1: I was 10. Right before I turned 10 or 11. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, still, like, I don't remember how old I was. Whatever. Maybe it was... I know I was 10, though, the year I moved to Canada. Um, so, yeah, that's when I moved here. Um, and, yeah, my parents moved here for my education. Um, their work wasn't obviously as good as it was there, and that was the case with a lot of our family friends. A lot of them um eventually all moved away from jakarta from indonesia so a lot of them moved there from the philippines um got really great jobs working there and eventually as soon as like their kids were like in high school getting ready to go to college university they would relocate just so that we'd have better educational opportunities versus like you know we're not going to go to university in indonesia Um, a lot of them either went back to the philippines and, and there's a lot of them that are here in canada now so a lot of them decided to move here um, for vocational reasons for their kids. Right. Which I think was like, you know, it's... Interesting, and I honestly, I I remember like the night I left, and I was so upset because I was one of the first families to move away.
0: Oh, our, okay. Our family okay. was one
1: of the first ones to move away, um, and so I was like, I'm leaving all my friends. I I knew some people in Canada. There were there were people who lived in Indonesia who all had already moved here, but I didn't know them well because when when they were in Indonesia, I'd never talked to their kids.
0: Right. right? Okay.
1: Um, so when I moved here, it was like such a shock and then I remember like being in my house and walking up the stairs for like the first time and I was like, hey, maybe 10 years from now, this will feel normal to me and I won't feel like I'm a stranger in this country and so every time I walk up the stairs in my house, I always remember thinking that so interesting and now it's just like I don't you know, this is like home to me. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a really interesting feeling. And uh-huh. I think, um, you know, that that speaks to the immigrant experience mm-hmm. and always feeling um, I don't really remember remember my time in the Philippines growing up because I was three when I yeah. moved, but a lot of immigrants that I have talked to share sort of the same story of not feeling at home when you move to Canada yeah. or to the United States mm-hmm. and um, always... Believing that home was somewhere else? Yeah. Does that change? Like, has that changed for you?
1: Um, I mean, I consider this place home now. Um, I feel like, you know, I adapted really well to Canada, I I was always the kind of person who, you know, I think I was lucky going to that British school, that international school, uh, being around many different, you know, nationalities. Um, My best friends there were like Australian for some reason. (laughs) Um, So even moving here, I was just so used to being in that multicultural kind of environment that when I came here, it was just like, you know, everyone's, everybody's trying to adjust and adapt. Um so yeah i mean i think it takes a while but eventually for me it did become home and now thinking back i'm like i don't know if i could ever go back to jakarta like knowing what life was like there i i I really enjoy like living here um and eased of like i think part of it is like getting around and the tempo yeah things move so much faster here Um, And for someone like me, I'm like very go, 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 let's do stuff, fill my life, make it busy.
0: Yeah, I know that. I know that.
1: (laughs) I enjoy that. And um, I feel like I I have more things that I can do here. And it's easier for me to connect with people here. Um, I can't really speak for like, you know, what it would have been if I lived there because obviously I didn't grow up enough to be able to find out. (laughs) Um... But I don't have any regrets for my parents moving here.
0: So do you have any insight? Because I know quite a few Filipinos who have had a similar story. Yeah. And they would actually move from the Philippines, mm-hmm. their parents and their family mm-hmm. move from the Philippines, move to Indonesia, move to uh, UAE, mm-hmm. they move to Dubai, yeah. uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, it might be uh, like I, I have my theories on this um, yeah. it might be because overseas Filipino workers um, but you know do you have any insight as to why your family and the the friends that you have mm-hmm. moved from the Philippines to Indonesia before coming to Canada or the, or the United States?
1: Not particularly um, I don't know too much about my parents reasoning Before I was born, my dad was already working in Indonesia, in Jakarta. I think part of it was, you know, employment opportunities. A lot of them just seemed to get better jobs um, in those overseas areas as opposed to the Philippines. Um, So for my parents, like, they just, their, their jobs in Indonesia and Jakarta were really, really, really good before we moved here so as far as i know like and that that seemed to be the case with everybody that i knew um you know it would just be like hey work overseas build up money then relocate for your kids right right and so that seemed to be like the formula that all of them seem to do um far as i know yeah
0: it's uh, very interesting to me how i mean i used to work in in a place where i used to work with a uh, filipino foreign workers mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you know the stories of um, Filipino families and uh, their parents or grandparents living elsewhere and sending money back to uh, yeah. the Philippines. Um, Balik Bayan boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you explain what a Balik Bayan box for everybody listening is?
1: It's a giant box. Fill it with clothes and food. <laughs> and you ship it home for your family. So we used to do that. We do that like twice a year, I think. We stopped because I think they stopped letting us ship them. I don't know what happened with <laughs> that. Um because I haven't done one, I didn't do one this year, but my aunt goes back all the time, so we just send everything with her. Um, but basically, yeah, you just fill it with like a lot of like food. Like you go to Costco, you go shopping for your box, fill it with like all the clothes, all the hand-me-downs, because um, back in the Philippines, we have, I don't have a lot of like first cousins, I have like one cousin, um, but we do have like a lot of extended family. On my dad's side, they like to adopt a lot of kids. <laughs> Not like I don't know how to explain it, but like my my grandmother, she like literally has I don't know like I think like dozen kids that she just like you know invites into her house um, because like from from the villages who you know they don't necessarily have the best houses, so they kind of stay in my grandmother's. House. Okay, yeah, it's kind of interesting and then they help out with all the chores. They take care of her Which I'm very grateful for because I'm not there obviously Um, So we send a lot of stuff for them. So when I go home, my aunt's always like, do you recognize those pants? Those are yours. I'm like, yeah, I don't wear them anymore so (laughs) They can have them and so a lot of it goes to them Um, and we always bring send back a lot of food cousin, my actual little eight-year-old cousin.
0: Yeah. I like buying boxes are just a very interesting phenomenon yeah. to me, right? Yeah. Like just the idea of Filipinos <laughs> still caring about their families, mm-hmm. um, even though we are thousands of miles away mm-hmm. from them, yeah. um, and still sending them things that we take for granted, oh, right? Yeah. You know, our old clothes that we don't wear anymore because mm-hmm. it's out of fashion or whatever, right? Yeah. Like. In the Philippines, that would be appreciated, mm-hmm. right? Um, such an interesting, you know, phenomenon. Um, do you still keep in touch with anyone? I mean, in, in Jakarta or in mm-hmm. the Philippines? You know, how how connected do you feel in your, I guess, previous, right? Like, yeah. how connected do you feel yeah. to those places?
1: I mean, yes, for sure. Um, like I mentioned before, you know, we had that little church group called Genesis. So all of my childhood friends were from there, kids of like my age. So a lot of them are actually here now. So uh, we obviously keep in touch that way. There's a couple of them who are back in the Philippines, actually who went to school there and now working there. So I keep in touch with them they're like literally my childhood best so like we talk all the time mostly about basketball because basketball. because filipinos and basketball yeah so um yeah well, i mean we our, our families are also really close they have their own little group chat that all the kids mute they just use it to like wish each other happy birthday and invite each other to events so we're all on it but we just don't look at it all the parents just talk it's just like on the off chance that they all wish us happy birthday on it or <laughs> invite us to an event that's what they do so that we stay connected through that so i'm all i'm pretty much connected to like my closest of close <laughs> like friends um there's a couple people that i'm like okay honestly i don't remember who you are um but yeah i stay connected with them in terms of people heard uh like when i went to school with most of them i only See through Facebook. Don't honest, I honestly don't talk to them at all anymore. Kind of see what they're up to once in a while. Um, but I guess that's what happens when you like move away, right? And then you have different times. So I know we used to email like back when I first, started, and then we just like stopped talking. Got busy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So talk about your childhood or high school because mm. you were 10 years old when you moved to Canada. Which gives you, which makes you about grade six, grade five, when you, when you move. Um, and so could you tell me a little bit about, you know, the, that time between like grade seven and high school? Because for Mm -hmm. me, that was about the time that I sort of, um, really started to live my life, you know, like, started to remember like that's when I remember that I was mm. um, a functioning free thinking person <laughs> you know what I mean like what having like <laughs> having like you know having like a personality oh. because like <laughs> you know like I I really developed some of my interests in grade yeah. seven and eight yeah. um, it's about the time that you become a teen yeah right and that's like a like really formative years yeah. um, I'm still you know I'm still in touch with my grade Seven and eight friends. Um,
1: Shout out to Francis, Robin, Raph, Bayel, Elliot. Am
0: I right? Yep. Yeah. I got um, it. They're they're great, and I just saw them this past weekend. So um, yeah. you know, grade seven and eight is formative, and you you learn a lot about yourself, mm-hmm. and you. Um, are getting ready to go to high school, and you're developing yeah. a personality. Do you remember that time? I guess before high school, and yeah. when you before like after you arrived.
1: So like, I remember it was very interesting because I feel like in high in like grade six to eight. I never, like, even grade 6 to, like, 9, 10, or I guess, I never really established, like, a set group of friends. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have, like, your, your squad. Um, I remember grade 6, like, we, like, Miss Fozzie was our teacher, and, like, I, we had, like, this pride of being in her class. Like, every time I talk to somebody, they are like, oh, yeah, we were in Miss Fozzie's class together. I'm like, I honestly can't tell you who was in that class anymore, because I'm like, yeah, we were all cool, but, like, just because we... Put some pride into being in the same class doesn't mean that we're going to be friends forever. And yeah. then the year yeah. after, like literally the year after, there were I had a completely different class. And I think in elementary school it's so interesting because who you're in class with, those are like going to be your close friends no matter what. So even from like I remember going grade six to grade seven, I'm like, okay, my friends aren't in my class anymore. I don't even remember who my close friends were in grade six. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> grade six to grade seven, grade seven to grade eight got to grade 8 I was just like literally all my friends are in the other class right and I and I had like no close close friends and then grade 9 was high school and I remember thinking first day of high school home and I'm like you know what's weird like this is like the first year where I don't feel like crying after coming home from the first day of school because nobody was in my class because every class in high school is a different group of people and everybody's like trying to adjust
0: right right Right?
1: so it was so interesting for me um like in elementary school because i always kind of like define myself by who i was like around like friends i I would who I was friends with, and I don't think that really set in for me until maybe, like, grade 10, 11 of high school. Um, Like, you know, like, my close friends now were my close friends when I was, like, in grade 11. Like, those those are the friends I keep close to me now. Um, I knew them when I was in elementary school, but we didn't get close until we were in high school. Um, So I think it's kind of weird. It's funny. I'm like, did I develop a personality? I don't know. Maybe. I liked a lot of things back then. Yeah. I don't like a lot of things right now. I don't even know what my... Like, you know, when, as you grow older, your interests really expand and you become more open to different things. Um, I think for sure, grade 7-8 is when, like, that started opening up for me. Um, but it's so completely different now. Like, what I liked back then, I don't... that's not the same thing. I'm like, not that I'm not into it. It's just, like, it's different. Uh, so,
0: um, high school. Yeah. Um. I kind of want to ask if you remember the first time we met, or the first time we knew each other, because um, yeah. I don't really remember.
1: I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I remember like one distinct moment.
0: So you know, I'm not gonna name the the high schools um, just so that you know that that that's kept a little confidential, but. Um, I went to a high school in my neighborhood, yeah. and your neighborhood was the neighborhood over, yeah. and you went to the high school there, yeah. and our high schools were maybe, or maybe what, a 10-minute drive from each other? Yeah, not even, yeah. Um, I, you know, I crossed the road, I crossed the big road, um, uh, and, you know, your house is like pretty much there, yeah. right? Um, so, I guess, you know. Do you remember, like, do you remember how we got in touch or, um, any sort of stories about, um, how we, uh, how we met? So, the
1: first memory that I can remember of us, like, knowing each other was Robin's birthday when we went to go watch Twilight.
0: Yes, yeah, Twilight.
1: we went to go to toilet, and we went at like 4 p.m. for like a 7 p.m. showing and And I the was, lines
0: were really long well, and I that remember that ba- That
1: was back before they were smart enough to do reserved seating and Yeah I remember going there and like uh, you know we went early so we got our seats and then you guys were like over like on the side You were like we'll just take these two seats here we don't need to be part of your crazy And then I remember <laughs> these old middle-aged women coming up to us and being like are you guys saving these seats? And we're like yeah And they're like are you serious? Do we have to save? all the way at the front. Like, we were here for like an hour ago and I'm like, we've been here for three hours. Go <laughs> down to your seats. <laughs> so I remember the craziness of that day and I just remember you like legit hating that movie. Okay, looking back, I'm like, you know what? I have no regrets. Twilight is still great. I'm waiting for the reboot. I rewatched the whole series the other day. I am so happy Robert Patton Batman.
0: I don't know how that'll go. I, I don't know. I don't care. I don't know what care. to think about Robert Pattinson as Batman. I don't Batman. care.
1: Like, honestly, like it's so crazy. and so like weird and he's like, like actually a good actor at this point i'm like i'm down for it i am happy i'm waiting to see like i low-key hope they just make him terry mcginnis from batman beyond but who knows how they're gonna play it i don't care like batman's been done so much i hope it's right
0: yeah but i i so i'm a big christopher nolan fan and the dark knight is my favorite superhero movie Uh one of my favorite movies so Mm -hmm. it's hard for it's hard for me to think of any superhero movie topping that
1: you need to walk.
0: I remember Batman Beyond. You know the the yeah, black suit?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I That's remember what I'm that. saying. Like my friend, she was like she was like, oh, they need to make Robert Patton that Batman. I'm like, I am down for that. That should happen. Yeah. I would love that.
0: What about Spider-Man? Are you a Spider-Man?
1: Yes, I love it. Okay. Him.
0: Have you seen the uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse?
1: Best animated movie, One of, like, literally the best Spider-Man movie ever.
0: It's pretty great, I it's love so it. It's so good. Yeah.
1: So like, if you like that, what I recommend, like, if you're a Spider-Man fan, like you need to watch Odd oh, Raimi's spider man you need to watch Into the Spider-Verse, and my third thing on that criteria is the spectacular Spider-Man series from like mid-2000s or whatever. Um, written by the same producer as Young Just YI. Which is yeah, my, you're a big fan of that. My favorite <laughs> TV show. Not cartoon
0: TV show of all time. Um, what about Supernatural? You used to love Supernatural, I mean, right? I am
1: so... I stuck in season 12, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what season I'm on. I have not been keeping up. But I really want shows ending this season. Yeah.
0: You, have, you have quite a few TV show interests. And, yeah, I'm And movie interests and everything. Go
1: watch Young Just
0: for that. <laughs> um, do you... Do you remember your time in high school and you know Mm -hmm. how you felt in high school Um, I mean I know you had a crew at your high school and um, you hung out with them all the time and um, some of your friends have become my friends and um, I've become like I've hung out with them Mm -hmm. and you know shout out to the broke boys and shout out to Brian and Alcuin, uh-huh. um and um, you know them being in the Mississauga music scene yeah. I met them through you yeah. um, so you know do you do you remember anything about high school anything you know you felt about high school
1: yeah so funny thing is the Brookways didn't go to my high school
0: wait oh, they, oh yeah they, they went didn't. to Loyola
1: so Alquin was the only one who came to my, went to my high school, um, and so the whole thing, the reason, like, okay, part of like my high school friend group, all the people that I was friends with at high school, I'm only friends with now because we all went to church. So Alquin, the Brocois, I met all those guys because um, they were at youth band at our church, and I used to volunteer to help set up their food for them and click on the slides during mass. That. So that's how I became close to them. It's through that, um, and even like my close friends who I'm close with now, like my. I, like my girls, um, I, I built bonds with them because we used to go youth group together all the time at church and then after we graduated we started volunteering together and now we're just like, you know, growing in ministry and doing other things in the church and so I think like, funny because I didn't really take, you know, I didn't really invest much in like, high school extracurriculars like you know other clubs in high school there was obviously art club and choir that everyone did just so they could go to wonderland but a lot of it was because like you know i'd be like okay i can't wait till it's friday and i can go volunteer or i can't wait till it's saturday night so i can just go to like youth group and see all my friends there and i think that a lot of like my development came from that and making those connections and those friends there and i don't think i would be the person i would be without that without that Uganda. So a lot of it was because of that, and a lot of my friendships I have really close to me because of that. You
0: know what I I just remember. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Sound of Change? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: Lucas. Um. So
0: for everyone listening, Sound of Change was a project run by. Um, some kids from my high school um, that Luis and I both knew um, run uh, by Lucas Canzona he was running the show yeah um, along with uh, some other people like uh, Anissa and um, uh, Lucas's brother, Marcel, yeah. um, who else? Uh, uh, my friend Josh Gui's brother, Jeremy Gui. Jeremy Gui, I think is his name. Um, quite a few other kids, but it was, like, Lucas that was running the show. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because they they ran it out of basement of a Masonic temple, right? Or uh, a Masonic lodge. Yeah. Um, and it was just this, like, small little auditorium, and they would put on shows, right?
1: Oh yeah, Yeah. so I remember Lucas talking to me, he had plans in it for like, I think I was in grade 11 or 12, something like that, in my later years, he's a year younger than us, Um, and I remember him messaging me with his idea, he wanted to do like a charity concert um, at his high school, Principal wouldn't let him, he wouldn't let him look up the venue, so he's like, whatever, I'm gonna do my own thing, so he gets the Masonic Lodge, gets all his close friends from the music scene, puts on a charity show, and he did this like a couple times a year, and I remember him sending me like the very first logo and I'm like bruh you're doing good work and that's so interesting that he you know managed to like that he honestly managed to put it all together and it actually turned out into something really really good
0: yeah um, and yeah. it developed the, the logo. Music scene. Oh, the yeah, local really Mississauga did. music scene because uh-huh. all these bands started getting together and starting to get to know each other. Yeah. And I you know, I don't know if you know the stories behind the Masonic Lodge, but nah. <laughs> um before Lucas revived it, it yeah. was where bands like uh Il oh, Scarlet right. Right. um from Il Scarlet came from Iona, I believe. Um, uh, from Mount Carmel was uh, Billy Talent. Mm-hmm. Billy Talent played at the Masonic Lodge, mm-hmm. um, and I think Alexis on Fire would play at the Masonic Lodge as well. So all of these, like you know, now sort of big legacy thousands bands, you oh, yeah. know, came from that Masonic Lodge, mm-hmm. and it was so cool that Lucas sort of um, revived the Masonic Lodge, and we were a part of that now. Yeah you know the sound of change isn't running anymore yeah. but i think that was such a cool time right like yeah. it was such a cool phenomenon to be a part of
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was fun i remember i just it's just like it's just so crazy to me just remembering how like him just like talking to me about his idea and then like it became a thing and i was like like okay this kid is going places which she is <laughs> um yeah. you know just to like have that drive to a show together and get people interested and get all and like have all those connections to make it happen and then obviously like you know Alco and the Brocoys all those people like you know they they took advantage of it you know they made a lot of friends going to those shows and a lot of connections um and yeah that was a that was a pretty good part of the Saga music scene for a good while yeah yeah,
0: yeah that was really cool to be a part of um so you and I were friends throughout high school and then um we were doing applications to university yeah. and then we found out that both of us got into Trinity and decided <laughs> to go to Trinity. Yeah. Um, and I think it was sort of comforting that oh, yeah. I would have a friend uh, yeah. to go with me to Trinity and uh-huh. we both Lived on campus, yeah. we both lived in res. Mm-hmm. um, What and a
1: nice room, man! I did have
0: a nice room, yeah, I got lucky. You're lucky. I got lucky. And then we all hung out in my room, yeah, I remember because that. Yeah,
1: your room was the most convenient room, and it was the biggest one.
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty nice, and we had, um, we were, we were pretty tame, I would think, you know, we yeah, didn't no, get... We, we went crazy. No, we weren't completely crazy. <laughs> we would, we would go to some of the parties, like, we would go up to, like, Second Massey, you remember that? Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, you, you knew Maha. We all hung yeah. out together. Maha, you know my previous guest on yeah. on this uh, podcast. Um, and you weren't, you know, you, you we were all sort of friends, and we all hung mm. out. Um, but you weren't really involved too much in Trinity College life. No. So, you know, how was Trinity College? How was the university experience mm-hmm. for you? I mean, uh, obviously the first year because we. We hung out together, but then, you know, in subsequent years, you, Uh uh, like, I remember that you really went and focused on, you know, studying and and doing Uh your own thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think part of it is um, going from living on res to obviously being a commuter. After first year, we both started commuting to school. Um, And so a lot of it was I I ended up starting to get to know people in my program, Um, a lot of people who, you know, I I would have to study with so that I could um, pass my courses. Because, um, a lot of our friends, like, you guys were all in, like, political science. Yeah, yeah, so, we were. Yeah, or, or Because, like, or everyone IR, yeah. yeah,
0: everyone at Trinity would do international relations exactly. or history or exactly. political science.
1: It's funny, though, because, like, um, you know Audrey, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's, she was, like, one of my closest friends in the universe, she still is. Shout out to her, she let me stay at her house in Vancouver. And she, <laughs> like, she wasn't even there and she let me bunk at her place when I was there. No like, way. She, Audrey, you're literally the best. Um, so she ended up being one of my like close friends, and I would stay at her place during university. Um, whenever I had to study for a test, she'd let me stay there so I wouldn't have to obviously commute. In the morning, when I had an exam and stress out about delays, especially in the winter, it is hell trying to come from Mississauga to Toronto and make it on time for like a nine a.m. exam.
0: Right, and U of D wouldn't close because it was snowing, yeah. or even even yeah. ice storms, and U of D wouldn't close, and, no. and you were still expected to to make it yeah and
1: like if you had an exam like good luck You'd be, you'd be freaking out because there'd be delays. There's always delays. The Go Train would literally get canceled. Um, but yeah, know it was. I don't know. It was weird. I, I didn't like. I didn't. I spent less time at Trin just because um, a. I didn't live on Res anymore, and b. Um, I would be studying in other parts of the campus, yeah. right? That were further away from Trin. I'd be mostly like at Gerstein, or like. Gerstein's
0: son. a nice library.
1: Gerstein's a really nice library. Yeah. Good for naps. Good for naps. Graham's also great for naps.
0: Yeah, Graham is great. I work there, so...
1: (laughs) I go to the libraries to nap. (laughs) They are prime nap spaces, especially Graham. so good. Sit in front of the window, take a little nap. That's all you
0: need. (laughs) And they have these (laughs) like... They have these like comfy sofa oh chairs, God, comfy. you know, on the like the end rooms on the second and third floor. Yeah, yeah, those were
1: where that, yeah. that's where I would nap. Like, get, go in front of the window when it's snowing. You know, I oh,
0: those th- those were beautiful seats.
1: They, they would be my base. For, like, I would sit there for like four hours, write my paper, take a nap in between, wake up, good.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's yeah. So a lot of it was like I did focus a lot on my studies, and I think a lot of it was you know knowing I would have to commute back and forth. I never wanted to stay on campus longer than I needed to because it was just so tiring. Um, and I remember during my fourth year, I was actually like really oh gosh. So that was the year I was diagnosed with hyperthyroid. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that year was like kind of like hard for me because I was always tired, I was always like sleepy, I was really, my temperature was really high, my metabolism was really high. So uh, like for me, I was like, why am I out of breath running up to go catch the GO train? So I never wanted to like, be on campus any longer than I needed to. And then when I finally, I was like, okay, this is why, now I understand. And so a lo- it was very weird for me because it was like a lot of back and forth, a lot of travel. Um, I had to do, do a lot of work to make sure I kept up with like studying. And then I also took art. So a lot of my time was spent in the art studios
0: <laughs> okay. trying to
1: make sure I completed all my projects before they were due. Because they take a lot of time. Right? You
0: took art courses at U yeah.
1: yeah, it was my minor. It was going to be like my second major and then I downgraded it to a minor after like third year or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I would spend a lot of time there too. Um, and I know
0: you paint and you have yeah. some, like, beautiful paintings. Yeah. Um, I remember your 18th birthday, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: the Filipino debut. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Um, you gave out these giveaways
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, of little canvases that you painted on.
1: Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I
0: still have mine. It's, like, an orange-blue color with, like, a little astronaut and I, I love it. Wait, which I, one was it? it? It has, like, a little astronaut
1: on it. I or not? Yeah,
0: I think so. Oh
1: my gosh. Okay, I did. A, okay, I don't know if I have a picture. I'll find uh, it later.
0: I'll find. I'll, I'll take a picture of it and send yeah. it to you later. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, um, do you still do you still paint? Do you.
1: It's it's hard for me to paint now because uh a it takes a lot of setup. I think all my paints are dried out to be honest. Okay. Um and I like it's such a mess in my house when I paint when I paint. It's literally like you can't stop me when I start painting. So with how busy I am, I don't paint a lot anymore. What I do a lot now is I do a lot more calligraphy. Okay. So calligraphy is a hobby, like the art hobby I've taken up lately. So I do a lot of that more now. Less painting, but I do want to get into painting like one day, eventually, we'll see again. Like I I always love to paint. I like it better than drawing. You don't have to erase stuff. You just paint over it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what are you up to now? Because you did what, bio in neuroscience, neuroscience in oh, U of T. Yeah. Um, and now you are studying for your accounting exam. Yeah. So what happened there? How did you jump from neuroscience mm-hmm. to accounting?
1: So I graduated. And then after that, like, I had no clue what I wanted to do <laughs> with my neuroscience degree. I, I think
0: like everybody. I think
1: this was just, this is just the reality of university. Of everybody I talk to, except for like one person who I know is doing her PhD, because she's, she's a Ravenclaw. I'm, that's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> she's a Ravenclaw. Though, n- like, you know, there are Ravenclaws out there who also don't know what they want to do. But anyway, um, I feel like, you know, no, no one ever really told us, how to do what to do after you got your degree, what you're supposed to do. You know, I I don't think, like, especially in my program, they weren't exactly very helpful in helping you find options. You know, it was either grad school or med school. That was, like, the thing. And it's, like, if you wanted to work, like, no. But I'm, like, well, I wanted to work. So I remember for a year out of, um, after I graduated, I was just not working. (laughs) And I'd be volunteering and doing a lot of volunteering at the hospitals. Um, And then eventually my parents were, like, hey, why don't you take, like, an accounting course? Because they're both accountants they're like you know there's always jobs and opportunities with accounting and we can help you get a job easily and at that point i was just like okay i'm tired of like waiting around and trying to figure out if i want to do med school or grad school or whatever and like i don't know if my grades were good enough to get into them i don't want to stress that over this and i honestly just wanted to make my own money at that yeah so i took an accounting course um around the same time i started that course was when um started working with the raptors (laughs) yeah so i was very happy i got that job and then um After I got that job, I started working at Indigo as well, so I got that part-time job. But then I got an internship working at my dad's in accounting. I didn't do anything there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But during all that time, I was... um, I was studying accounting and I took my Intro to Accounting course because um, you actually get a free course with the School of Continuing Studies right, yep. after you graduate, yeah. so I was like, okay, I'll take an intro right, class and see time. if I like it, see if it interests me, and I was always like good at math and good at numbers, so you know I did really well in that course, and then I was like, well, you know what, if I want to get work, I'm going to do this, and then um, obviously with my parents' connections, they're able to get me internship and stuff like that, um, and then eventually... I guess, two years after I graduated around that time, um, I started working at my mom's company. My mom's um, in their finance department, working in accounting. Um, and so that's when I got, like, my full-time, full-time job. And then ever since then, I've just been like, you know what? I, I'm very content, like, just being able to make money and work and, like, at least... Feel like I'm financially stable, so that if I ever want to go back and do you know do something with my neuroscience degree, which unlike you know down the road I'm hoping to,
0: yeah,
1: um, I've already like worked and made money and have that in my back pocket, right? Right. Like it's nice to kind of have a degree in your back pocket as well. Um, and I've always wanted to do something more related to like mental health. Um, but, like, maybe just down the line, I'm not like thinking about it right now. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm gonna start doing my CPA prep courses next year. I'm taking the rest of the year off from studying. Three years straight, I'm like, I'm done. I just want to work. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, get to this point where you're like, I just want to make money and like be able to live a life instead of like studying all the time yeah. and freaking out about it. Like, I want to see my
0: friends. You know what I mean? And you have a lot of commitment. Like, I know, I mean, the Raptors, we'll talk about that and, and, um, are you still working Mm -hmm. at Indigo?
1: I quit like two months ago. Okay. I like having my weekends. (laughs) Okay.
0: Because at one point you were working, um, with your mom at, uh, at a company. I'm still working. You were, yeah, um, you were, you were, you are working there. Yeah. Um, you were working for the Raptors, still, still technically work for the Raptors, (laughs) Though so the season's done. We
1: don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Free agent right now. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you were working in Indigo. So you were holding down three jobs and studying yeah. for your accounting. Yeah. Exams. That was... Do you think that was a little too much? Or can you like, think you've handled that? So
1: like, okay, so I worked one full-time, two part-time, studying, doing, I was doing one, at least one course. I was teaching two, so I would do um, one online, one in class, because I'm a crazy. <laughs> um, in the past year, though, it's only been one course. And then I would also be volunteering at church. So that, that... That takes up a lot of time because it would be like once a week. My Saturdays would be like six hours, um, and I don't know how I did it. My calendars look just look crazy when you look at it, <laughs> and you're like, "Are you serious?" Like I w- I remember like the minutes where I'd be working like literally like 15 days. Like it would either work Raptors no days off, <laughs> and then I would have like work in the morning Raptors in the evening, and then like Indigo on weekends. But then in the evening I'd be volunteering at church, which I like considered off to be honest. It really is yeah, <laughs> um the amount of time it takes. I don't know how I did it, but it happened and. <laughs> <laughs> I got through it. I cut down on a few of it. So I'm good where I am right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so I guess it's time. We need to talk about the Raptors. Let's do it. So you do something really cool, something really interesting mm-hmm. as job. Yeah. Uh, you work for the Raptors at Scotiabank Arena. Do you explain to everyone what you do?
1: Um, so I'm i part, but I don't know. We're We're in off season. So we'll see if I come back next season. But up to now... I've been working there in um, the Raptors Interactive Squad, um, aka the TO crew. Uh, so, what I do is it's basically like fan interaction, hype the crowd up, dart the chant, we throw the giveaway. Uh, Pre game, we like get fans to take photos with like cutouts of the players. Um, in the playoffs, you know, there's, there's a group of us that went to Jurassic Park and like hyped them up there, um, walked around with the marching band in the concourse area and got fans, you know, hyped up for playoffs. Um, so, basically, I was. A professional fangirl. <laughs> That's what I like to call it. I <laughs> like I get paid to be a fan. That's what it was. Um
0: So you told me before ooh. a story of how you got the job and the the group interview that you were in. Yeah. Could you tell me that story?
1: So um before I say that, the the posting's open if for anyone who wants to apply. <laughs> Just saying. Um, the look up Rappers Interactive Squad in MLSC if you really want to do it. Like I, It's such a fun but I applied in 2015. So that was the year, that was the season before they went to the conference finals for the first time.
0: That was uh, Wizards.
1: No, 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 uh, no, no. So like after the Wizards. Okay. When they got swept by the Wizards, like that off season, I applied for the job. And then I didn't get an, a call back. I didn't get an. The year after, <laughs> I reapplied. Same resume, same cover letter, different date. The only difference was in the application, they had a little box. And they were like, what skills or talents can you conjure? I was just like, well, I'm just going to tell them I sing, dance, do improv, and I'm good in front of large crowds. Because, like, that's what they're looking they like. People yep. who, like, obviously you can be in front of a crowd of people and hype them up. That's not to say, like, I'm a good singer. Like, I can't <laughs> think. Though I've had people tell me I should be part of a Disney movie. Like, listen, I'm all for being the Asian Rapunzel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so.
0: Disney's going to hire you now. Exactly. Asian yeah. Rapunzel,
1: just do it. I will be in the remake of the live action of Tangled. I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I applied for that. And then I got the call back for it. Go to the interview. And it's actually, it's a group interview process. Um, they really just make you go through a lot of like improv things obviously because they want to see that you can adapt on the fly. During games, you kind of they like, they, you just kind of do your own thing. You hype the crowd up, you get them going. Um, there's no one to like supervise you, tell you what you need to do and like give you like a script you supposed to be. Yeah. But no one tells you what kind of feel it out. Um, and so I interview was a lot like that and then you get like a one minute sales again where you just tell them or like you do like talent portion so if you have like a talent that or you just give a sales pitch and I just like talked about what it meant for me, what it means to be a fan in my opinion. It was like really passionate. And I also killed rapper's Trivia.
0: Yeah, I was gonna so talk about that. Talk about the Raptors trivia. Like do you remember what you blasted out during the interview?
1: So like I mean Raptors trivia, like I thought it was gonna be like, Oh my gosh, super intensive. I hope they don't ask me too much about Raptors history. Like, I know enough, but I'm like I don't know all of it. I was like, who does? Like like crazy super fans there who know everything.
0: Like uh like just like naming name dropping all of the random Raptors players so, like Linus Klaza and like Eric Montross and so, uh like, who else like just Just the most random people.
1: So, what happened was um, they did this thing where they had a group of us come up and they gave us like a Raptors category, and then you had to name off like all those things. And then, if you couldn't think of something, you were eliminated. And then, if you were the last one standing, you won in your group. So, my group was the last to go. The first couple groups got like current Raptors, NBA teams. Hall of Famers, and then ours was like previous, uh, like, rap, right? And then um, it was like, people were like, this was the your Amir Johnson laugh, so it was like Amir Johnson Oh, I
0: miss Amir. Like,
1: Gravis Vasquez like, all those names Um, that's what happened, like, yeah those were the people that, those were the names and Then it was down to me and this other guy, and I remember going back and forth, and I'm just like think of the big names, I'm gonna run out. So at this point I was like, um, Milk Palacio, like, Aaron <laughs> Williams, Eric Williams. They're like, who are you talking about? I'm like, I'm talking about all these random people nobody knows so I can win this game. <laughs> and it was like, Rafael Arujo. though people know that. And then Tony like, Parker. Yeah, and um, Anthony Parker. Oh, sorry, Anthony yeah, Parker. No, Anthony Parker, love him. He's so underrated.
0: Demario Moon. Yeah,
1: yeah, so all those names. And then this guy, he was a really huge superstar. But like, I won, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so just by like literally naming all those obscure and didn't know because I'm like okay this is not about like showing how much I know this is like literally just about winning yeah <laughs> <laughs> at this point so that's how that trivia portion went um, which was like I was like okay good I mean good and bad like what I, I was like I'm glad they don't ask deep of a question of trivia but like basically you just kind of have to know the players that are on the team know the end house so
0: um, what do you think about this what what have your feelings been I mean obviously yeah we won and it's 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 triumphant, and yeah. I, I love it, and, you know, I, um, I, I've i talked a lot about, you know, on Facebook about how it felt as a fan from, you know, uh, the 90s that we now ended up winning the, the whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you are um, just a big of, of a fan, if not bigger fan than <laughs> I am of the Raptors, yeah. so what did this whole season mean to you? What did this victory mean to you?
1: I mean, it, it was so different because I I was so obviously I was so involved in all these of everything. Yeah, and
0: you were at the games.
1: I was at the games and like it's so emotional. You know, like um, just like coworkers crying, literally co-workers getting heated. Like every time we every time we lost, it was always like I remember the past couple seasons when we when we got swept by LeBron. Like I was swept by LeBron two years ago. I ref, I will refer to part of the Raptors because I was part of the Raptors.
0: Um, <laughs> you can legitimately do that. You're, I can do that. Yeah,
1: I can do that. Um, and it's just such a defeating feeling so this year i'm like it honestly didn't hit me that i'm like this could be possible until like the milwaukee when we won game when we tied up that series yeah i was like we can win the fun. like it's happened. i can feel it happen um and like when we won game one of the finals i'm like we are like i don't care what anyone has to say about golden state <laughs> like it's just like such a different feeling um like yeah it's because you're so emotional i remember like game seven against philadelphia when Kawhi hit the shot yeah four bounces i was behind the, when it happened but like right behind the net so i had like the worst angle possible to be honest (laughs) I saw him release it I was like that's not going we're going to overtime my stress levels are peaking oh my gosh this is the game seven
0: you can have a heart attack like my my girlfriend would Mm -hmm. be like you need to calm down you can't be slapping the table Because you're gonna have a heart attack.
1: Like I, I'm very like good at keeping my emotions. Um, I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, honestly like every time I get emotional, it's always been bad for me, and I, I'm usually like the pr- pretty level-headed um <laughs> out of all my coworkers. Like I have my one coworker already crying behind me, <laughs> and then like I remember like, hitting the bat like the first bounce, and I was like, yeah, it's not going in. And then it hit again, and then it hit again, and then it hit again, and then it went in. And there was this woman in front of me, and the, and like you know we were talking during the last couple minutes of that game (laughs) and we were and then like when it happened like first thing I do is grab her oh my gosh that actually went in like if you watch the video you can see me like certain angles you can actually see me
0: yep I I see you in some of the pictures
1: yeah so I have such a delayed reaction because a I had the worst angle and b I didn't believe that it happened so when people started freaking out around me I was like that actually went in that went in and I'm like and then I started like screaming oh my gosh there was a
0: sense of that you just couldn't believe it like no like he, as a, as a Raptors fan you were trained <laughs> to believe that everything that can go wrong will go wrong with yeah, the Raptors yeah. they're up by up by 20 in the last 5 minutes of the fourth quarter no. and yet they'll they'll still yeah. they will still find a way to screw exactly. that up.
1: Like game six of the NBA Finals. Like if you're a Raptors fan, you're conditioned to believe that Steph Curry would hit that three. Yeah. You're conditioned to believe that. But he didn't when he missed it. I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh,
0: Boardman gets paid. <laughs> I, I still, so we won the first game of the Finals yeah. and I still, you know, there was a part of me that didn't believe that the Raptors could do yeah. it. Yeah. There was always the idea to me that the Golden State Warriors, are just too good of a team, yeah. too crazy of a team. They've been down before, yeah. um, and they're <laughs> gonna come back. And it's the Raptors. The Raptors. Yeah. The Raptors always find a way to screw things up. Yeah. You know, has always been like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and you know, I say this as a loving Raptors fan. You know, I always hope that they're gonna win. Yeah, I always hope that they're gonna succeed. But it's
1: hard. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's hard, and you're conditioned to believe that. Yeah. You know again every anything that can go wrong will go wrong with the yeah. raptor right and then we won the first game yeah we won game 3, yeah. we won game 4 yeah. and even then i was like i think we can pull this off and it's like, but i don't down know if yeah like, it's just
1: like the narrative it's such a juicy narrative like the warriors are down 3-1 in the finals like you know how crazy that would be if they came back being down 3-1 after owing a 3-1 lead and then Katie yeah. comes back for game 5 and you're like oh goodness <laughs> yeah for
0: everyone who, who doesn't know in what the 2015 2016 yeah. NBA finals I remember- the golden state warriors lost um, lost a three one lead in the finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers against
1: LeBron James and
0: LeBron James won a title for Cleveland, the first title for Cleveland in decades. Um, I think first first title for the Cavaliers. Oh yeah. Um, first championship in the city of Cleveland for decades. For like fifty years. Or yeah. Something crazy so like that. so it was like a huge deal for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But then the the whole joke about it was that. The Warriors were winning three games to one, and they managed to blow it. Yeah. You know?
1: If if there was a team to top that, it would be the Raptors.
0: Yeah, so there was this (laughs) narrative this year of, like, oh, the the Warriors are down 3-1. They're definitely going to come back, and they're going to beat the Raptors, because it's the Raptors. They're the not-American team. They're, (sighs) you know... They're the Raptors, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna lose, you know, everybody thinks that, the American yeah. media thinks that, yeah. you know, con- Raptors fans are conditioned to think that, right?
1: Like, you see the stat, and there was like, there was a stat after they won game four, of like, only one team has ever come back from being down 3-1, and the team that lost that series was the Warriors, and you're yeah. seeing that, and you're like, no, the odds are against the Warriors, but the Raptors are really good at beating the odds, <laughs> <laughs> or letting the odds beat them. Um but we say
0: this as loving fans. As loving fans, this is
1: like people who've gone through a lot. We've gone through a lot. Yeah, I guess that's why it
0: meant so much, it right? It means a lot like, to the
1: city. Like and then like nothing will ever beat seeing Kyle Lowry smile like that when he got when he got to hold the trophy.
0: Yeah. Oh I love I love like Kyle. Kyle. Kyle is my favorite raptor of all time I, love I think.
1: Kyle Lowry. He's you know, the best.
0: I you know, I love I love Demar. I love his loyalty. Love- but there's something about Kyle Lowry's style of um, just the heart that he yeah. puts into every game. Yeah. Um, dives for balls. Oh my gosh. You know um, rebounds. Uh-huh. He's he's a point guard. He's short. Yeah. But he can out rebound uh-huh. big men.
1: Like you okay, know? Kyle. He's the soul of the Raptors. I love everything about his story. I think he's hilarious. Um, have you ever listened to the podcast that he did with his coach no. in Vill- Z- Villanova? So I forgot which podcast it is, but like whoever like look it up. Pretty sure you can find it. But it was such a funny podcast so when he was at Villanova he actually tore his ACL before his freshman year
0: right yeah playing
1: streetball and then three months later after his surgery he was back playing basketball again and I remember and I remember them talking about it in the podcast but the whole time when he had like he wasn't supposed to play basketball but then his coach would be hearing rumors of him playing in this gym on the other side of campus (laughs) And then Kyle would, like, constantly, like, ask questions about, like, the plays that were running. He would come to practice sometimes, but then the coach would be like, you're supposed to be rehabbing. And then when he finally was finally actually legitimately cleared by the doctors and he played his first game and the coach put him in, he was just so smart. He knew all the plays. Everything that he was running. Like, a lot of people don't know about kyle Lowry, but he's like legitimately when you talk to nba players they will say he's one of the smartest guys that they know
0: yeah he's got a good basketball he IQ. has
1: like one of the highest basketball iqs like he's up there he knows what the other team's playing that's why every time you know he dies for loose balls or he takes a charge like it's all calculated because he he reads like you know he, know, he knows all the stats he see he knows the players he's playing against and Every time he makes those 50-50 plays, like all those plays, like, you know, getting those loose balls, getting those rebounds. That is Kyle Lowry. And then seeing him, like, literally go for, like eight straight points to start game six of the finals I was like eight or eleven I'm pretty sure it was eleven it was eight then the Warriors hit a three and then he hit he hit another three to make it eleven. Yeah. 11 okay three. I, was like, I remember
0: okay, okay yeah. <laughs> I
1: got this look it up I'm sure I'm right <laughs> but like him like doing eight I guess eleven <laughs> to start was like oh he's vindicated like everyone shut up you are not allowed to slander Kyle Lowry he is an NBA champion like you can't he's not
0: Lowry you know playoffs Lowry Lowry who doesn't show up? Like, zero points. You know, game one against Orlando. It's all
1: so friggin' unfair. Like that, that those zero points. Like if they won, nobody would have cared that he scored zero points. The narrative would have been he scored zero points, but he did all this other stuff, and that's why the game, the team won. Yeah. But because he scored no points, they just called him playoff Lowry, and I'm like, the disrespect is so real here. So I felt
0: so bad. Well, you get you get into advanced statistics, and yeah. he had the the highest plus minus. I mean, I guess we're not we're yeah. not gonna get into to what a plus minus yeah. is but it's like actually
1: a really dumb stat but whatever
0: i mean then then you can go with the real plus minus yeah, and like it. offensive defensive rating and you know those all those are of better the...
1: stats plus minus is a pretty bad yeah. stat
0: or you go to you go to 538 and you look at the yeah. carmelo projections and stuff like that yeah. i love it i'm i'm a nerd for it yeah. um but you know kyle lowry contribute mm-hmm. to the whole game right oh, yeah. and not just not just offensively yeah. on the points yeah. Um he had what a plus plus 11 the highest on the team <laughs> uh during game 1 of the, of the Orlando series. Yeah. Uh hit zero points but contributed defensively, That's what contributed he does. assists, rebounds.
1: Yeah. That's literally his thing. Like, you know, he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to look at and you're going to be like, I don't remember what his stat was, but I remember like him making that really crucial play at the end of the game yeah. do you remember
0: the orlando game where he dove for a ball and <laughs> passed it off to danny yeah yeah and that, uh, i believe that led to a danny three or I'm,
1: yeah i'm gonna say that's either game three or four i think it was yeah. game three. <laughs> but
0: it saved the game it from the game. orlando they, that,
1: that was the reason why they won that game it's not that series but like that's because of that one rebound like he was like when you actually like re-watch it like he's actually like so far away he's almost out of the frame of the video and then I don't know where he comes in and grabs the rebound because that's what Kyler does which that's just what he does yeah yeah he's there when you need him
0: so there's a lot of debate so I listen to I, I have a subscription to The Athletic um, yeah. which is a paid subscription model um, news service like ESPN mm-hmm. but paid with like really high quality articles really high quality content <laughs> Um, and I read Blake Murphy and I'm Eric Corrine, uh pretty religiously. They're really smart guys. Um, if you have the money, you really should subscribe mm-hmm. to The Athletic, it's, it's absolutely great. But one of the conversations they had on their podcast, The Raptors' Reasonable List, is-
1: <laughs> They're so reasonable.
0: <laughs> is, is Lowry, does Lowry have a case for the Hall of Fame?
1: I think so, I would say he would. He's a multiple time all-star. Yeah, like and an NBA champion. And an NBA champion. He's also an Olympic champion. Like people forget, like the, the Hall of Fame is also like all of basketball, right? Not just like what you do in the NBA. Yeah,
0: and college basketball. He yeah. had a he had a good career. In yeah, college yeah, basketball. exactly.
1: So I think he has a case to be made. Obviously, he still has a long career to go. Um, There's a lot of accolades that he hasn't on. I don't know if he's been on any defensive, like, all-defensive teams. I don't particularly remember that one um, because I think he should be on, like, an all-defensive team. Yeah. He's actually a really great defensive player. But I think if you talk to, like, any basketball player or coach, they would say, yeah, he does have a case to be made. Um you know to be in, to be in the NBA Hall of Fame like um his career path is a lot like Chauncey Billups you know a lot of people yeah. say like comparing to Chauncey Billups in terms of like their career and how they blossom and a lot of people would say Chauncey Billups is a Hall of Famer right so i think Kyle has a good case to be made um i think it's hard to it's always hard to say until they're done their career
0: right you know right. but
1: like compared to a lot of like NBA point guards who are around right now like Kyle yeah honestly yes you know, he needs to be like for all those underdogs, <laughs> for yep. all those short guys. Okay, like I'm really upset about Marcus Stroman. Yep, yeah,
0: Marcus Stroman.
1: My short guy. Oh, I miss that guy like, already. You know, like the Toronto has a thing with like short athletes and and kyle is one of those guys who's like you know he's always gonna fight and like as a short person i absolutely love it right (laughs) Um, yes you are short so
0: what's your height again
1: i'm exactly five feet tall 5'1 on good days Probably five feet only because my back is so bad. So if I ever get an adjustment, I'll be by one. <laughs> but um.
0: But it's crazy. It's crazy how NBA players, even the mm-hmm. shortest ones,
1: are six feet. Are
0: still six feet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Kyle is six feet tall. Actually, no, he's not. He's like five eleven. He's just gonna say he's six feet, but that's what shoes on. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna roast him for that. He's he's not six feet tall, guys. Kyle is shorter than. Are
0: you friends with Kyle Lowry? No, I'm
1: not friends
0: with Kyle Lowry. Do you get do you get to interact with the players?
1: No, not really, not really. Oh. But, um. Yeah, we don't get to because they're. I mean, they're working. We're working. We're never really around at the same time. The closest I ever get to them is if we ever do something on court with like a giant flag or something, right? But I don't really get to talk to them. The closest interaction I've had was like um, walking down the hallway to our locker room and then like hearing Demar Derozan yell something. And he, this is when. He was like, he had like a sprained ankle so he wasn't playing that game. I look down the hallway and he sees me and I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he was just like yelling at somebody. Like, not like a bad, like angry yelling. He was just like, I probably like messing with. Yeah. So that's like, those are like the closest interactions I get. I ran into Biyombo once when he was doing an, an interview. Um, like, our, our father. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, um,
0: Shout out to Raptors yeah. Reddit and all the memes. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he was around, um... Oh my gosh, I don't even know, who have I run into at games? I don't really, yeah, I don't really interact with the players much. I mean, I met Obama at game two finals. You met Obama? I met Obama. He said hi to me. He
0: Wait, said, no, seriously? Like,
1: so, like, what happened was he was backstage, right, going to a seat free game, and he was saying hi to all, like, the little ballas or a group of, like, you know, kid dancers that dance yeah. in the game. Um, and then I was backstage with my, uh, a couple of my other co-workers. He came by, and then, like, literally, like, he was, like, five feet away from me, but he literally waved to every single person and gave them all a personal, hello, hello, hello. And I was like, oh my gosh, Obama just said hi to me. But I still blame them for losing game two, (laughs) because, like... Thanks, Obama. Exactly, that's like the only, like, the most appropriate time for me to be like, thanks, Obama, like, we lost game two, you were here. But yeah, I said hi to Obama.
0: That's amazing. I did not know that.
1: I'm so happy. (laughs) People are like, you gotta see him. I'm like, yeah, he was there, right in front of me.
0: So, Kauai has been talked about so much. So... You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. It's fine. Um, but, how do you feel about all of the Raptors players that have left, mm-hmm. about the retooling of the yeah. roster, mm-hmm. about um, any of the new players that have come in? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I guess let's start off with, like, Danny leaving, uh-huh. with um, who else leaving, obviously Kawhi leaving, yeah. um, Jeremy Lin still not finding a deal in free Man. agency. Jeremy Lin, I can't. Um, Ton, ton of Raptors players yeah. who will no longer be on the team as of uh, next year. Yeah. Jonas Valanciunas, even though that was, um, even though that was before the season ended. Yeah. Um, it's sad to see J. Vigo. I know. Sad to see Delon Wright. Yeah. Bruno Caboclo, I will miss him. Listen,
1: Raptors South Memphis Grizzlies, that is a thing. I will cheer them on forever
0: now. Yep, I love Memphis. I love
1: Memphis. Um, I
0: don't like the racism in Memphis, (laughs) but...
1: (laughs) There's racism in every team in the South there. Like, (laughs) literally in in like half of those teams, they're crazy racist fans. It's like
0: a really big problem. It is a big
1: problem in the NBA especially,
0: but... Of like fans... um,
1: Overstepping a lot. Yeah, swearing and Mm
0: -hmm. calling Uh um, players you know, really terrible slurs. Mm -hmm. That's a such a huge problem.
1: Yeah, I can't say I've ever like experienced that at a game. Um, mostly because I really tune out a lot of what's going on I've literally had someone throw popcorn at me during a live jersey giveaway and I didn't no way and I honestly I blacked that out and did not know until like I looked back and I was like oh yeah I got popcorn thrown at me but like this guy was like literally throwing popcorn at me I'm like I'm not gonna give you a jersey if you're throwing food at my face was that that purposeful? yeah because he was like I want the jersey I'm like
0: was he throwing handfuls of popcorn? handfuls of
1: popcorn at me
0: holy right?
1: and I was like, you yeah, know, but like, I mean That's
0: like I, workplace harassment That's
1: I blacked out, honestly, like it's like one of those times where I'm like I really honestly black out when people tell me I saw you! I'm like, I don't see faces Unless you tell me exactly where you are and who you are and who you are I won't know that you were ever there <laughs> Um, like, yeah, so what
0: are we talking about? Uh, people leaving. People, leaving,
1: people yeah. leaving. So I mean, I, here's the thing with the Kawhi thing, because he was the first one to leave. Obviously.
0: Yeah, he was the domino.
1: Um, so, <laughs> do you did you watch Kawhi watch? Yes. Kawhi watch. Yes. Okay. I thought it
0: was ridiculous that they were, you know, filming his plane, you know, come in. <laughs> but I will admit, I was on the Raptors Reddit, uh, pressing refresh, and like. You know trying to figure out you know what happened with the plane is yeah. Kawhi on the plane is he at
1: Hazleton hotel right now like what's he doing yeah. like they flew the plane back to to la they're bringing his family to toronto for him to sign the contract
0: but the helicopter was too much <laughs> the the cp-24 helicopter oh
1: my gosh i don't even like uh... anyway i i don't think i'm gonna blame that obviously um there's a lot of like things that i've read about that whole situation um but i remember watching Kawhi watch william Liu, Alex long Um, and they were like I'm like 99% sure Kawhi's coming back and I'm like me too like he went to Niagara Falls he went to Jay's games he he was at the (laughs) Home Depot getting boxes to move back in not move out (laughs) gosh that hurt and then um, yeah when it happened it was 2am and I was awake and I'm very happy I didn't go to sleep early because I would have not been able to handle waking up to it. Because I woke up to the Kawhi DeRozan trade and I did not like that feeling. Yeah. Because then it's just like this is how I start off my day. If like since it happened before I went to sleep, like I could actually sleep on it and and like process it and wake up in the morning and you know somewhat be okay about it. Yeah. Um, part of me is like you know like I was really thinking he was gonna stay, but like. I'm, I'm, it makes sense that he, like, not makes sense But I'm okay with him leaving And I'm definitely really happy It wasn't the Lakers
0: Yeah, yeah, it, uh, if, oh, I hate the Lakers
1: I don't hate I, the Lakers I'm just like, if Kawhi went to the Lakers That's just stupid They would literally not be able to pay for anybody else Yeah,
0: yeah and the Lakers, you know, you don't want to see lopsided teams in the NBA. Yeah,
1: it's the age of the dynamic duo, so it's a 20, 2020 dynamic duo, Yeah, it's that era of basketball now. So. Yeah, I,
0: I I don't really want to see LeBron and AD, you know, yeah. win everything, you know, yeah. just, just stomp their way into the finals.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I was really, I was upset, but then, I, like, you know... After years of being a Raptors fan, you kind of you're kind of numb to that disappointment, and having an NBA championship doesn't hurt. You know that really yeah. <laughs> helps soothe the pain. That like we're champions. And then when Danny made his announcement, like, I was just really sad that I, like, you know, his podcast would be... Oh, I love his podcast. I love Inside the Green Room. It's so good. Um, so I'm just sad about that. But, yeah, like, I mean, the most you can do is just, like, kind of say thank you to those guys. They did what they were supposed to do when they came here, and then they moved on. Like, the Raptors wouldn't have been able to pay Danny Green, I don't think so. I think the way all those contracts worked out, I don't think they would have been able to pay him. Should I ask mean,
0: Blake Murphy he has spreadsheets and spreadsheets yeah. of that. Uh,
1: shout out Blake Murphy <laughs> Honestly though I, uh, Whenever I tell people I'm like Okay I need a Raptors update I will go to Blake Murphy's Twitter We hang
0: We we talk to each other On Instagram I know
1: You told me <laughs> You told me
0: We talk about uh, Mid 2000s Pop Punk uh, Carly Rae
1: Jepsen Carly
0: Rae Jepsen Fall Out Boy Taking <laughs> Back Sunday yeah. Brand new Oh
1: my god He's also
0: a big wrestling fan
1: I know I've seen his His Twitter Yeah I've seen his Twitter <laughs> <laughs> I can tell
0: Shout out to Blake Murphy I also have a funny story yeah. At the Raptors game The yeah. game 2 of the finals that I went I went to the washroom oh. and some guy stopped me and was like are you a Raptors writer and I'm like <laughs> uh no I might have written some articles here yeah. and there um and he was like your name I'm like oh, did god. you did you like no. I am sorry I'm not for Lou? yeah I'm like I'm not god, I'm not William amazing. Lou I'm sorry oh, uh, my god. I have, I, like literally
1: <laughs> the best thing ever you told Blake
0: I told Blake and Blake ended up telling uh, Will. Yeah. And apparently Will was laughing in the press box.
1: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was that's it was hilarious. really funny. Um. Okay. So the future. Uh. Yeah. We have all of these new additions to the team. Mm-hmm. We have Stanley Johnson. We have Rondé oh, Hollis Jefferson. Jeff-
1: campaign.
0: Matt Thomas. Oh
1: my gosh, ninety nine percent Matt Thomas. Like.
0: Yeah. Matt Thomas Will. gonna just true threes on like everywhere he's he's what cj miles was supposed to be he's jason
1: capono but like better he's
0: steph curry reborn
1: maybe, maybe. we don't know his handles <laughs> we don't know his handles we just know he shoots 99 percent in open three yep in the euro league <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't know i'm excited we have a good young core we have, um, our bench game is gonna be top knot. Have you seen those Brooklyn Nets, like, celebration videos? Oh,
0: right. Okay, that's what you mean by bench game.
1: Bench game, yeah. Like, I don't mean our bench is good. Our bench is, okay, solid. I mean, it's, Freddie's there. Steady Freddie. So it's always gonna be solid. But, like, we have Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And then Cameron Payne is known for his dancing more than his basketball skills.
0: What about Jordan Lloyd in the back of the shot?
1: random guy in a suit? Yes. Yes, Okay. <laughs> Um, I don't know who wrote that article, I forgot who wrote the article, but, like, there was an article about, um, Jordan Lloyd and, like, what he actually did during Raptors practice and how, like, important he actually was to the team. He's not just a random guy in a suit, guys, I'm gonna give him some props, but when they ran practice, um, especially when, you know, obviously practicing those box and ones, right, um, he actually played the role of Steph Curry.
0: Right, so um Blake has a whole article that might be
1: his article then yeah
0: he had an in-depth article about like the bench players the bench players being scout teams So they would run the plays that the other team would run. Yeah,
1: like Jordan Lloyd would like look at Steph Curry's film and like study how he moved, how he dribbled, what he do, and he would just be that dummy for them so that they could practice running how to defend that.
0: And they would they would always have to be ready to play.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. Like
0: what if one of the rotation players just suddenly became injured?
1: Exactly like I like to liken it to like the swing people in Broadway musicals who like literally do everything
0: what does that mean so
1: basically if you're swing in a musical you play multiple roles on any given night during a Broadway musical okay. um, and some swing people are also understudies for like the main actors so it's a lot like their job where they have to know all these roles and do all these things but at any given night say like the, the main like is like the star is sick they have to yeah. step up and obviously perform and um, swings don't get a lot of love because people don't want to see understudies and swings and musicals right but they do a lot of hard work because yeah. they d- they're they not doing the same role every night and they don't get that same recognition um, and that's like the same thing and like you know with those bench players And I don't think people understand how important that is in a practice situation when you obviously can't practice against your opponent. So in scrimmages, you know, you have to be able to especially in like the playoffs literally a game of chess Yeah, every small adjustment makes a difference And I think Nick Nurse what he just did so much better than Dwayne Casey. love you Dwayne respect everything but Dwayne Casey does not did not know how to make in-game adjustments.
0: Right, and Nick Nurse was just brave enough to Gox really try Lawrence, things, was you know? so crazy,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, all these crazy, like, experimentations, and they worked. And, like, he wasn't afraid to experiment during the regular season, and I think that's why the Raptors were so hard to beat in the playoffs, because they were so unpredictable, and every time you thought, there's no way they can beat this team, they found a way to adapt and change something up because yep. Nick Nurse instilled that culture in practice with his team, right? So they, they understood how to change um, and, like, what tweaks to make and be comfortable with all this random change, right? Like, just the nature of the year, you know, after the trade deadline, all these new guys and trying to figure everything out. Like, when you're I think that's part of the reason why, you know, the Warriors kind of struggled because they lost a lot of their big guys finals and they weren't used to, like, that inconsistency of, like, the roster being, like, having holes in it. But the Raptors were like, you know, <laughs> they, throughout the throughout the, the year, the whole year, load management. People were injured, and nobody likes to talk about the Raptors' injuries. Kyle Lowry basically didn't have a thumb. Um, uh, Pascal Siakam had a calf contusion for half the playoffs. Yeah. Um, who else was injured? Danny there, Green was injured, I think. was remember?
0: There were only a few times, only like quite a few games in the regular season, the whole roster yeah. could play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, Like throughout the first half of the year, there was only one game that the whole roster was available to play.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like Valanciunas was injured like in December that game against the Warriors. It's Um, really
0: sad that Valanciunas didn't play before he left, right? Like
1: it was such a crazy day. He was activated for that game that night.
0: Yeah, he got injured. He was supposed to come back, he and that traded. night he got traded. He
1: literally said it in his interview earlier that day. He was like, you know, unless something crazy happens, I'm playing tonight. Yeah, yeah. I love him though. He, I, I love that he came back for game one. Yeah. in The playoff. Um, I love that he's gonna accept the ring the game. Yeah.
0: I'm. I, I miss JV. I, I really do. So good. Um. So I guess. I guess I, I, I have to ask this as like a final thing. Um. Will the Raptors make the playoffs this year? Oh, yeah. And how far will the Raptors go? The
1: Raptors will definitely make the playoffs. People are going to underestimate them. Like, we didn't have Kawhi for a lot of our regular season games, and the Raptors have always been a good regular season team, right? Yeah. Um,
0: 17-5 and without.
1: Exactly. And so, like, they still have a lot of their guys, right? They they have Pascal Siakam. I think he's going to improve over the summer. Uh, We got OG back. People forget we did not have OG Ananobi for all of the playoffs. Yeah. He was injured. And, like, he had, like, a tough year last year. Um, and I think he's going to do really well. I'm pretty sure he's going to be taking that starting spot at the three. He will. He will. Um,
0: it'll, be, um, it'll be Kyle Lowry at the one.
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Probably Norm at the it'll two. It'll be no? Norm
0: at the two. OG, OG at the three. Pascal um, at the four. And Marcus slash yeah. Sergi
1: Baca or whatever. Yeah. Nick Nurse aside. And people forget how good OG was in like the 2018 series against LeBron. Like yeah. he was their best player in that sweep. He was so good there, uh, but yeah, I think we're definitely making the playoffs. I see the Raptors as a top four. Obviously, we're gonna you're gonna put the Bucks up and to put the Sixers up there. Though I think losing JJ Redick is bigger than people. um. I'm gonna reluctantly put the Celtics. Um, the Nets. I don't know. Because, you know, it's I feel like Kyrie, I don't know Him being on a team where it's literally him Because he was doing that with the Cavaliers, you know, back, you know, early in his career I don't know what's coming up the year But I think the Raptors can be, like, a top four seed, for sure I think they can definitely get out of the first round Depending on, obviously, the matchup Beyond that, I'm not sure I feel like I trust Masai. I trust he's gonna make the right move. You know, we have a young core. Pascal's a star. We're gonna do. We're gonna have a good season. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm really excited I'm about excited. this. I'm excited.
1: Like it's a young team, and like we we fresh off a championship. They're still the champs, guys. They're still the champs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We are still the 2019 NBA champions, and no one will take that away from us. No,
1: never. Yeah. And like all, those guys are on this team. They have champions on so. Yeah.
0: But it, it won't. It it won't last all that much longer. I mean. Lowry and Ibaka and, and Gasol
1: are on spice. Yeah,
0: they're gonna, their contracts are going to expire yeah. after the end of this year.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we might see trades this year.
1: We might see them traded. I don't want Kyle to
0: I don't want Kyle to leave
1: I'd be really sad if Kyle left. It'd be like, oh, that's a gut punch. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. that would mean that's like literally the end of that 2013 2014 team that started yeah. this whole thing. Up. The end
0: of an era. Yeah. The like, end of the Weed and the north era, Exactly. But
1: I want, like, if DeRozan can't retire a Raptor, I want Kyle Lowry to retire a Raptor.
0: Okay, I have to ask this. Vince Carter. Yes. Does Vince Carter uh, deserve to retire as a Raptor? And, 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 okay. Yeah. Should Vince Carter's jersey be retired?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think, like, there's a lot about that situation, because Vince made a comment, you know, like, if the team wants me back, like, I, you know, I would, so part of that makes me, like, speculate whether Masai even wants him. Yeah. I think it would be a nice full circle thing, especially considering this is the 25th of the Raptors. Yep. Um, I'm not against it. I think he, I think it would be nice to have him retire as a Raptor. I don't know if that will happen. I'm, like, not, like, pushing for it, and I'm not against it, so I'm between there. I'm, like, if it happened, that would be so great. I already know one coworker; who's gonna cry his eyes out if that happened. Um, and then, was the second thing Jersey retired? The Jersey, yeah. Yeah, like, here's my thing. I think he does deserve to have his Jersey retired, but part of me is just, like, does he deserve to have it retired before or after?
0: Uh. Do you know what I mean? I I don't even know if his Jersey should be retired. DeMar DeRozan? No, 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 no. Oh, Vince. 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 Yeah. I have, so, I, when, when the. Whole trade happened yeah. back in what two thousand three, two thousand four. Mm-hmm, yeah. I was so angry. I had a Vince Carter jersey and I crossed out his uh, name. Um, instead, I taped it over and said Garbajosa. Oh, I love um, him. I love Jorge Garbajosa. So
1: crushed that he, even broke, he broke his leg.
0: Yeah, that was terrible. Um, Vince Carter. I hated him for such a long time. I know. He was, he was such a villain. Yeah. And I don't know how we rehabilitated his image. Um, like I don't even know if we should give him a second chance. I have I have felt better about the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the, your first love stings you the, the most, you know? Yeah.
1: But, you know, it's like there's really no point in holding on to all that anger. Like, it happened so long ago, and he's obviously not that anymore. Yeah. Um. So bring him back. You're, you're not bringing back the same Vince Carter that yeah. you got. He's a different person. It would be good for, like, the story. Narrative. Yeah. I do want to
0: see him back on the team. I think
1: it would be nice to see him retire Raptor But, you know, like, it would be more meaningful to see, like, DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry retire as a Raptor. Like, yeah. More than Vince, to be honest. Yeah. Because those are the guys who who got the whole country to yeah. be Right. Vince yeah. Carter, like he put them on the map. There were other guys. I think in a way, to like the culture of the city. Um, he's the reason why. Like Vince yeah, is the reason that, that basketball was is even a thing. Not gonna add. So I don't know. I think he does deserve to have his retired. But I think it depends. Who you, who would you retire? St-
0: After DeRozan.
1: I think because DeRozan, like DeMar, like he's got Vince beat in all the categories like like people like to make this i like to make distinguishments between like alders um like vince i would say is the most important raptor in terms of like establishing the team damar is the best raptor in history um i
0: i would i would
1: you would say kyle i would say kyle i would say kyle is like kind of i don't know exactly what the title is for kyle he would either wrote
0: greatest raptor of all time yeah
1: him him and demar up there just because demar has he literally has all the stats right yeah um and then Kawhi is the best player to have ever played for the raptors yeah that's the distinction i would make with but kyle i'm like listen listen okay i am all for kyle and demar getting their jerseys retired time i'm all for that i i want to see that to see that that is like i would cry if that happened that would be the best situation for me to be honest i would rather see that happen than a vince carter jersey retirement i don't care kyle and the get their jersey retired together i think that would be great for their brotherhood
0: yeah so damar and kyle first i i agree with that yeah. and then vince
1: yeah yeah if there had to be like only one i would say damar would be first just because you know, you don't get loyalty like that anywhere. Yeah. Especially
0: like in a market like Toronto.
1: Exactly. And I think that has to be acknowledged with DeRozan and obviously all the players acknowledge that. Yeah. You know, like of the championship team, thanking Demar, thanking Dwayne Casey, all those guys who left the team. Because, you know, you you can't forget those people who got you through those hard times. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that's a nice thing about like this championship. It wasn't just this roster they're not the on, they're, they're not the only players responsible this ship. It was all those other guys. You know it was a
0: build-up, right?
1: Yeah. DeRozan was good enough to be traded for Kawhi yeah, It
0: was a combination of everything that yeah. came before.
1: Exactly. So it was a
0: combination of Andrea Bargnani being traded for like, draft picks.
1: It's honestly crazy. You can literally trace <laughs> back. You can you can draw a line from Bargnani all the way to Kawhi. Yeah. Like all the trades, all the picks and everything, you can tr- you can trace that back all to Andrea Bargnani.
0: I think for Yacapurto. Yakapurto was a draft pick that, yeah. that we yeah. got from Andrea Yeah, Bargnani. Exactly.
1: So all of it goes back to Andre. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so we hit the hour and a half mark Mm -hmm. Uh, this has been a a great conversation i didn't realize we had uh that much to talk about with the raptors but you know you get two big raptors fans together and of course we would talk about the raptors for quite a while oh yeah um do you have anything to add anything about your story that you wanted to 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 share um anything about the raptors you wanted to add on
1: Uh, i don't know i mean can we talk about jeremy lynn for a second
0: yeah Let's yeah. talk
1: about Jeremy Lin because I absolutely love Jeremy um, you know i've always been a fan i think the whole insanity thing and what happened and all those expectations for him were so unfair and then when he came out with those comments like the, this past week about the nba giving up on him i was like jeremy bruh like don't break my heart like this yeah yeah i think he really deserves another chance it's, it's a tough business um but he's done so much for like the asian community yeah specifically um have you listened to his podcast with ryan Higa?
0: Uh yes, off the pill. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So that one podcast like oh my gosh, I absolutely love him and all the whole thing he was talking about and him like even just talk oh, to what I, I deserve to be an nba champion and then him going through that process of like you know like people are saying all these things like you know
0: even the asian community yeah, right like, like, like are the... you on subtle asian traits the, <laughs> the facebook group
1: yeah yeah is, is that a secret or is that like an? that, asian that, that is not a secret <laughs> it's fine
0: but i mean you know uh jeremy Lin had talked about how people on that facebook group he doesn't he doesn't explicitly name that Facebook group. But <laughs> we talks- know it's
1: that Facebook yeah. group.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we all know it's that group. Yeah. But, um, no, actually it might have been Ryan Higa who, who mentioned that yeah. on that group, People were making jokes and memes about Jeremy Lin like the being, Asian. yeah, you know, like the 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 trope of the Asian doing all of the work in a group project, yeah. And this is like the, the reverse of that, yeah, yeah, the reverse of that uh, that you know trope <laughs> of Jeremy Lin not doing anything yeah. and still getting the praise, yeah, you know.
1: He like okay because we talked about Jordan Lloyd. Jeremy Lynn did the exact same thing. He yep. definitely deserves credit for this trophy. Like he's an NBA championship. No, he's an NBA champion, and no one can take that away from him. Um, and he, gosh, he's done. He's done so much for the Asian community. Like really, yeah. honestly, he has. Um, the NBA should be thanking him for all this extra revenue he's created just yeah. being Asian and you know from him going from oh my gosh insane to him actually embracing the fact that you know there were going to be young Asian kids looking up to him I think he's so great like so I remember when like even after we signed him I got him um it was post game and I was leaving to go home and he was there and he was addressing like a huge crowd and you know Germany he's like really open with his faith yeah. and he was like speaking to the whole group and he was just like you know like you know, we, we all want um, only one who can f- f- can fill our hearts and satisfy that ache. And I remember sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's such your guy. And I love him and I love him for like, you know, spreading that message of just like kind of being kind and loving. And yeah. I and him, like, his, you know, I, I'm i kind of worried about him like not being on a team. But at the same time, I know his faith is like super strong and we'll get him through that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, all those hard years trying to live up to me, Um, He's really leaned on his faith, and I think that's really inspiring. You know, a part of me is worried, but at the same time, you know, he's gone through a lot of stuff. And people are kind of unfair. This is his first year back after injury.
0: Exactly, yeah. He's had a lot of injuries.
1: Yeah, like, I remember his injury last like whatever season it was a couple years ago i saw the footage of him he just fell like rolled over like he pauses for a second and then suddenly his face crumples up and he's like clutching his knee and got really bad and i don't remember exactly what the injury was but he was on the
0: nets I, yeah he I was believe. on the
1: nets when he still had like the braids and everything yeah <laughs> yeah and i remember him like and people forget your first year back from injury is always going to be the toughest one. Um, so. Yeah, I love Jeremy Lin. I think he deserves to be on the NBA. I think he deserves to have to prove himself. Um, and he's done so much for like, the Asian community and just, you know, kind of killing those stereotypes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, well, he's, he's part of this, you know, this wave and movement of Asians coming yeah. up in, in American society yeah. or, uh, you know, Canadian society. Yeah. Um, like with Crazy Rich Asians coming out. Yeah. Always Be My Maybe. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. I, watched I love Always Be My Maybe. I guy. love Randall Park. Yeah. Um, if you have the chance, you should see Randall Park rap battle. James Vanderbeek. Oh my gosh. Um, it's great. Randall Park can really rap. Yeah, really? Um, Lots of- I love Ali Wong, she's great. Yeah. Um, and then now Simu Liu, who is a Mississauga native. Exactly! An, an Asian. We
1: got him! We got a Marvel superhero at the Raptor Parade. All of your other parades. Too bad. You didn't have a Marvel superhero at them,
0: okay? We got Do you, um, you watch Kim's Convenience? No, I
1: haven't. Oh, I
0: love Kim's Convenience.
1: I don't watch a lot of sitcoms. I watch
0: cartoons. Simu Liu is great. You should, you should watch Kim's Convenience. You. you should watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love mm-hmm. Brooklyn 9 <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't watch sitcoms. Okay, any, anything else to add before we leave? No. Oh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well we we basically killed my battery. Um, it's been it's I've I've got like less than twenty minutes to go before my laptop dies, so that's this fine. is a this is a good time to to end the podcast. Let's do it. Um this was a lot of fun and yeah. thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um it was a lot of fun talking about the Raptors, talking about um, about Super or uh, Spider Man, Batman. We didn't talk about Superman. We didn't talk about um, Superman.
1: Watch Young Justice. <laughs>
0: Um, I, I don't know about Superman. I, I'm, I'm not as big of a fan about Superman. Mm-hmm. His story is not that exciting. You,
1: there's this one animated movie that's a really good Superman movie. Oh, what is it called? Oh. Batman
0: is so much more mature. Yeah. Even though Batman has like, okay. it's just like a, a grown man with, mm-hmm. um, with lots of money. <laughs> and, and
1: a lot of um, issues. Yep. Gosh, His, tr- uh, yeah. gosh is dead parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find the one mo- one Superman movie. It's an animated movie because let's be honest, all the good uh, DC content is animated. Like with the exception obviously with The Dark Knight, okay? And Wonder
0: Woman, I like Wonder, and Wonder Woman. Woman.
1: So, if you want like if you want to watch a good Superman movie, um, I would recommend Superman vs. the. Okay. It's an animated movie. I think you would really enjoy it. It's a different take on Superman. It shows how powerful Superman can actually be and how much control he actually has to be the hero that he is. Yeah. Um, that one's a really good one. Highly recommended. About it.
0: Smallville. Do you remember Small? That, that's I, what it's called, right? Smallville. I
1: watched that entire series and I can't believe I did it because uh, it was so bad most of the time. Like eighty percent of it was. Oh, someone with superpowers infected by kryptonite kidnapped Lana and Clark has to go save her. That yeah. was the entire first season. I kid you not, that happens every episode.
0: And then one of the characters, the actress is uh, involved in a, like a, a sex cult or something. <laughs>
1: Chloe? I yeah. remember her name. It's <laughs> like, "Whoa, I was reading that. I was like, "Oh, Chloe Sullivan. Oh, great. That's crazy." Yeah,
0: part of a part of a sex cult. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Imagine that. Mm. Um, anyways, Thank you for coming on to the podcast, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for Um, having me. Thank you for sharing your story. I think mm-hmm. that was that was uh, just a very interesting story, and mm-hmm. and uh, very interesting to talk about like Filipino immigration. Mm-hmm. You know, being a Filipino immigrant myself, mm-hmm. um, Balik Bayan boxes. Yes. Um. No, this was this was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank
1: you for having me. So
0: I'll talk to you later, everybody. Um. I don't know yet yet when my next podcast will come out. I have no idea who I'm gonna have on but I'll probably do the schedule of every week or two um, every other week maybe um, probably do something like that um, again depending on my schedule uh, I just started getting busy again um, but I'll update you on that a little later some of you already know um, but um, you know I'm, I'm still excited to do this podcast I'm having a lot of fun with it um, I had Quan on the podcast I had Maha on the podcast um, and now Louise and this has been fun for me so hopefully you guys enjoy it um, maybe this episode might be a little too loud and might have a little too much noise I don't know until like it's
1: appropriate for me
0: <laughs> until I go into post-production we'll see um, but hopefully you can hear everything we said today and hopefully you enjoy this episode uh, see you later take care bye